From Greenville, South Carolina, we present... Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, preaching Christ in all His fullness. that you've joined us for another broadcast of Let the Bible Speak. Today we continue a series of studies on the doctrine of the person and work of the Holy Spirit. Messages preached by Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns in just a few minutes. First of all, we invite you to enjoy this devotional thought taken from the pen of the great 19th century preacher Charles Haddon Spurgeon, found in his collection called Faith's Checkbook. Our devotional for today is entitled Divine Recompense. The text is Proverbs 11, verse 25. He that watereth shall be watered also himself. If I carefully consider others, God will consider me, and in some way or other he will recompense me. Let me consider the poor, and the Lord will consider me. Let me look after little children, and the Lord will treat me as his child. Let me feed his flock, and he will feed me. Let me water his garden, and he will make a watered garden of my soul. This is the Lord's own promise. Be it mine to fulfill the condition, and then to expect its fulfillment. I may care about myself till I grow morbid, I may watch over my own feelings till I feel nothing, and I may lament my own weakness till I grow almost too weak to lament. It will be far more profitable for me to become unselfish and out of love to my Lord Jesus begin to care for the souls of those around me. My tank is getting very low. No fresh rain comes to fill it. What shall I do? I will pull up the plug and let its contents run out to water the withering plants around me. What do I see? My cistern seems to fill as it flows. A secret spring is at work. While all was stagnant, the fresh spring was sealed. But as my stock flows out to water others, the Lord thinketh upon me. Hallelujah!
In the midst of this increasingly secularized and materialistic society, multitudes of men, women, and young people seem to have forgotten that they have immortal souls, and that one day they must stand before a holy God and face the ultimate judgment. Despite every effort to banish the reality of death from the mind, the Word of God declares, It is appointed unto men once to die, and after this the judgment. How can a person be ready for that awful day? Is there a way to face God without fear? The great 19th century preacher Charles Haddon Spurgeon answered this question in a powerful sermon entitled, Preparing to Meet God. Let the Bible Speak now offers a booklet published by the Trinitarian Bible Society, which contains this vital message under the title, Preparing to Meet God. In addition to the sermon text, the publication contains a brief biographical sketch of Spurgeon's life, as well as a schedule for reading the Bible through in a year, all contained in an attractive, conveniently sized booklet. To obtain your copy, simply email info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you wish, you may call us at 864-244-2408. That's 864-244-2408. If you prefer regular mail, you may simply write, Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Just ask for your copy of Preparing to Meet God, and we'll be happy to provide it. On today's broadcast, Dr. Cairns continues a series of studies in the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. In John 14, verse 17, the Lord Jesus referred to the Holy Spirit as the Spirit of Truth. This expression occurs four times in the New Testament. As Dr. Cairns has been explaining, there are in Scripture at least seven actions ascribed to the Holy Spirit as the Spirit of Truth. So far, we've seen that the Holy Spirit is responsible for the inspiration of the Bible. He points to Christ, not to himself. And the Spirit of truth uses the truth of the gospel to bring in the full number of those whom God the Father has given to his Son. 
Today, Dr. Cairns goes on to show how the Spirit of Truth assures those who receive the gospel of the reality of the things it promises. Now, Dr. Cairns continues this message, The Spirit of Truth. In this day of mealy-mouthed compromise, almost anything that professes to be Christian is accepted as Christian. Well, I say, my friend, whoever likes it may like it, and whoever dislikes it may dislike it. My job is not to please men, but to preach the Word of God. I say that when I go into Romanism and I find a denial of the once-for-all atonement of Jesus Christ, when I find a removal of Christ from the position of being the one and only mediator between God and man, when I find that the grace of God that saves is given a minor place and man's work is elevated uh, to have a determining power in saving the soul, I can say this is not of the spirit of truth. This is not Christianity. When I come into so-called Protestantism and I find a liberal who at this Christmas season will go through this book and he will talk a lot of sentimental twaddle about a baby in a manger, but he will deny the essential deity of that babe in the manger. I say that is not Christianity. That is not of the spirit of truth. When I come into evangelical churches, and I find that there is a movement that is called preaching the gospel, but which is just a reinstatement of the ancient heresy of Pelagianism, which exalts the will of man to the throne, whereby man determines whether heaven will be populated or whether it will not be populated. And the blood of Christ is evacuated of its mighty success in its shedding at Calvary. Then I say that is not of the spirit of truth. Oh, the Spirit of truth exalts the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't want to press this point too long and too far. My friend, it is no coincidence that in our churches that profess to be faithful to the Bible, when there came to be less and less, of an emphasis on the person and work of the Holy Spirit, and more and more of an emphasis on human activity and human ingenuity, human schemes, human plans, human gimmicks even. It's no coincidence that the more that happened, the less there has been a preaching of Christ in our pulpits. I listened to quite a few radio preachers, at least bits and pieces of them. I have to be honest, there are very few that I have the patience to listen to all the time because the smoke starts coming out of my ears. But uh, I have to confess as I listen to them that I hear very little of the person of Jesus Christ. I hear very little of the atonement of Jesus Christ. I hear very little 
of the success of Jesus Christ. I hear very little about the current intercession of Jesus Christ. What's wrong? I don't like to be overcritical about people's prayers. But I have to say this to you. I am very, very grieved that so many men who believe this book can pray nothing more to direct a word to God and then it's all my determination, my will, my choice, my decisions, my this, my that, my the other thing. With no emphasis upon our God and His Christ. How little truly of the gospel is being preached even in professed gospel preaching churches today. The Holy Spirit, if He is there, will witness to Christ. The third thing that the Holy Spirit does as the Spirit of truth is that he uses the word of the truth of the gospel of Christ to bring in the full number of God's elect. And here I'm just joining the two things that we have already noted. He produces the scriptures and he witnesses to Christ from the scriptures. And through that he brings in God's elect. Now let's turn to uh, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13. In whom he also trusted, there's a dispute among commentators as to whether the word in italics should be trusted or whether it should be, uh, referring back to verse 11, he also obtained an inheritance. It really doesn't make any amount of difference because the same truth is ultimately being described. In whom he also trusted. After that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Now notice this carefully. This is how the Holy Ghost executes the decree of God's eternal purpose. At least we can say this in the case of all adults. And I add that because uh, there are good scriptural grounds for believing that uh, infants dying in their infancy are covered by an act of God's grace in the atonement of Christ. I'm not getting into that. But in, in the case of adults, how does God bring them into the church? How does he bring them into salvation? By the word of the truth of the gospel, the gospel of your salvation. Now back in verses 4 and 5 of Ephesians 1, Paul had talked about God's eternal decree. He, he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world. Verse 5, he predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself. But I want you to notice this. Now, I want you to understand me. Not one man among us gets to heaven simply and purely because of God's election and nothing else. In other words, this old notion that, well, if God is elected and God is predestinated, we don't need to do anything. It's totally unscriptural. God has not only set the plan and the end, but God has decreed the means. 
And the means to bring sinners to Jesus is the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's so many people who sit back, and I, I confess to you this morning, and if you've heard bad things about this, well, just don't be too prejudiced. Just sit back and listen a bit. I confess to you that after the way that so many call heresy, I worship the God of our fathers. I am what men call a Calvinist, though I prefer to say I believe what Paul believed and what the other writers of Scripture believed. But let that uh, just help to clear the decks. I am among those. And yet I have to say that there are so many who have little of the Spirit of Christ about them, little of the love of God about them, little of a passion for souls, little prayer, little use that they make of the Scriptures to do anything for God. All they're doing is using this book as a textbook to prove their views on election and predestination. And if you don't dot their I's and cross their T's in their exposition of the doctrine, they want nothing more to do with you. These are not boogeymen or straw men I'm building up to you. I know men like this. And I'm grieved at men like this. The last man in the world who should have a cold, hard heart is a man who believes that salvation is all of grace. He's the last man in the world to be cold-hearted. These fellows, my day, are so full of their peculiar doctrine of God's eternal predestination that we don't need to do anything. The elect will be saved. Whatever will be, will be. I want to tell you, my friend, it is the will of God that when God saves people, they be witnesses for Jesus Christ. It is the will of God that His church preach the gospel to every creature. It is the will of God that we feel ourselves debtors both to the barbarian and to the wise. It is the will of God that we use every effort and every means that God scripturally places at our disposal to get out the gospel because God has decreed to bring in the full number of his people through the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And since that is the case, with all confidence I can preach this word. I am not doubtful about the success of the gospel, as I'll show you as we finish the message this morning. I'm not doubtful about the success of the gospel. God has always used this gospel. God is still using this gospel. He will continue to use this gospel. And the spirit of truth will bring in the full number of God's people. There are no empty places in heaven. None at all. No failure. In God's purpose of grace. But it will be accomplished through the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I can therefore with confidence look at any man and say, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Come to Christ and you will be accepted. No turning away. This is the Lord's way. I could prove this at length. Did time permit in Romans 8, 29 and 30? starts with God's eternal purpose, whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate. Whom he did predestinate, he also called. There's always the call. And whom he called, he justified. 
Romans 1.16, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. This is the work of the Spirit of truth to use this gospel. Oh, that I could emphasize this this morning. Oh, that God would write it on our hearts. The crying, urgent need of the hour is for God's church to start preaching God's gospel. For armies, and I use that word advisedly for it's the word the Holy Ghost uses, for armies of men to go across this nation and to the ends of the earth preaching the gospel. The psalmist said in the 68th Psalm, The Lord gave the word. Great was the company. The word is army. Great was the army of those who proclaimed it. God give us an army of gospel proclaimers. And I believe that God the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, will use his word to bring sinners to Jesus. Then, in the fourth place, as the Spirit of truth the Holy Spirit assures those who receive the gospel of the reality of the things that it promises. Again and again, the Holy Spirit, as the Spirit of truth, convinces us of two things. One, the gospel is true. Galatians 2, verses 5 and 14 speak of the truth of the gospel. Ephesians 4, 21 says the truth is in Christ. Colossians 1.5 has a beautiful piling up of terms. I remember preaching a, a message just in these terms. The word of the truth of the gospel. Now let that sink in. The Holy Spirit witnesses that the gospel is true. Pardon from sin is not a figment of the imagination. It's not a mental state. It's a, a truth, an objective reality. Justification clothing with the righteousness of Christ, acceptance with God as legally righteous in union with Jesus Christ, reconciliation, a home in heaven. These things are true. The Holy Spirit emphasizes the truth of the gospel. You've been listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America. We hope you've enjoyed and benefited from today's program. We are here as your servants for Christ's sake. If we can be of any further help to you in the things of the Lord, we invite you to contact us. If you would like to receive our booklet, Separated Unto the Gospel, a booklet that sets forth the beliefs and standards of the Free Presbyterian Church, you may have a copy free of charge, simply for the asking. Our mailing address is Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Our email address is info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. 
If you would like to learn more about the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, we invite you to visit our website, www.fpcna.org. That's www.fpcna.org. This is Charles Kelsch saying thank you for listening and inviting you to join us again as we let the Bible speak. Thank you.